What are the chances of getting the wives back on the podcast? Uh, yours, I think it would be 100%. Uh, yeah, Jennifer's not afraid. What about Lindsay? Lindsay? You know, there's so much. a lot of such a great job. Yeah, a lot of ask all the time. People are asking all the time, like, when are the wives going to be back on? When are the wives going to be back on? Well, you know, I mean, I try to keep Lindsay in the kitchen, okay? I mean, just <laughs> like, know your role. Go get in the kitchen. Make me a sandwich. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she listens to every podcast, so that's a great. Oh, she listens every Monday. Um, <laughs> nah, I mean, it, it, it's funny, man. I, You know, she's, uh, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, and you talk about how, you know, Leading a group stretches you. You know, leading her small group of sixth grade girls and seventh grade girls and the eighth grade girls now um, has stretched her and, and baptizing people and having to say it because she's baptized, you know, probably 20 girls up there at least, you know. Is she really? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and helping them lead, lead, them, lead them to Christ. So, I mean, she's, I would say that she's overqualified. I mean, she's so good at it. And she's, she's the best, she, she's the one person in my life, I can tell you this, she has a direct channel to God in prayer. Like we've talked about spiritual gifts in the past too, she's got it. And the gift of intercession—it's—it's it's unbelievable. Like it's crazy cool. Like to watch what, which because I'll be like, I'll be like, will you pray for my body to get better? Like, <laughs> she's like, I don't think that's really a prayer that I want to pray. I'm like, I'm just saying, like, give, give me a six pack of abs, get shredded. I was like, you got a direct line, like hook a brother up with some abs. And she said no, she but pray for my balls. <laughs> I mean, I've been praying a prayer circle around. I, it is a prayer years. circle. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. I need. To, uh, I need to borrow some of Lindsay's faith. But it might take. It might take. Uh, it might take some. Uh, some. Some recruiting. You might need to get Miss Miss Jennifer, first lady. Might need to. Yeah. That might be a first lady conversation to get to get Lindsay back on. I think it would be great. Yeah, Jennifer has a way of uh, getting people to do things. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to turn her down. It'd be great. Yeah, it, but it'd be great to hear like the opposite side too of how annoying we are, like and how to deal with difficult husbands. Yeah. Well, they they, so, they bring such a wisdom and female perspective. So, yeah, we'll get the wives. Can we do that? Woe, get the wives back on the podcast. Good luck. Already on it. Yes. All the ladies out there listening are saying yes. So uh, I want to talk today about the refiner's fire. And going through in the, fire. the fire. So, Second Timothy, we've been in Second Timothy chapter 2. He says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. And he talks to Timothy about being strong uh, in the grace. And so he doesn't say, Timothy, toughen up. Tif uh, Timothy, cowboy up. Timothy, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Be strong in God's grace and then the passage of scripture when i think about god's grace because i pray that i pray this every sunday is that god's grace would be sufficient for me when i'm weak he is strong and the apostle paul he said three times i pleaded with the lord to take it away from me but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that christ's power may rest on me that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so, this is Second Timothy, or Second Corinthians, chapter twelve. The context of the passage there is Paul's referring to a thorn, thorn in, in the flesh. flesh. Yep. So he's got this thorn in the flesh. We're not sure what it was, but he's asking God to take it away. And God's answer is, "I'm not going to take it away, but my grace is what I can get you through it." 
Let's let's talk a little bit about be strong in God's grace. Be strong in God's grace. Like, like do you have a thorn in your flesh? I mean, do you you feel like you've got something that is a, a thorn in the flesh for you? Um, weakness, a weakness, or a challenge, or a difficulty? Oh, I think a bunch. I I I, I think I got a bunch of them. Um, I think my brain and the way it's wired is very like go getter. Um, but the structure behind it isn't always the best, and the organization behind it. Mm-hmm isn't always the best. So like, I, I think I'm really good at kind of go, 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 but I'm also not good at like which direction to go a lot of the time. So you can probably run in the wrong direction. So that's definitely something I'm, I'm not good at. I'm not overly compassionate. Um, I think that's something that I, an area that I lack in big time. Like I got to do a better job of being compassionate. Um, I'm overly opinionated, sometimes bullheaded, stubborn. How long you got? How, how long do we have for the, I mean, I think there's a bunch of things that I'm really bad at that I struggle with it consistently. Yeah, I think I think we all have a thorn in the flesh. We all have, we we all go through uh, difficult seasons of life. We all go through, uh, and we talked about this at church, uh, a refiner's fire. That God allows things to happen to us that we're we're not happy. It's never pleasant when God is disciplining us, but He disciplines us because He loves us. And we go through trials because trials test our faith. It says in, in, in James that uh, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And so you think about, I mean, even, even in sports, the whole like working out and working hard and persevering and not giving up and, and, and all that sports teaches you, developing your character, developing uh, just your 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 resilience, your endurance, like, like, uh, and, and he says here in second Timothy that we're to endure suffering. And, and he uses three examples, a soldier, a farmer, an athlete. There's that, there's the hard work, there's the discipline, there's, there's the perseverance, there's the, there's the enduring. So what do you think, what do you think about this whole idea of being in the refiner's fire or God allowing us to go through trials because it's ultimately good for us in the end. I mean, I don't understand how what life would look like without it. There would be no need for God. I mean, if everything was, if we all were great. Because you would be self-sufficient. We'd be self-sufficient. There'd be no reliance. There'd be no, no need to. I don't need God. I, don't need God. Yeah. I mean, everything's great. Everything's good all the time. Everything goes the way I want it to be and the way it's planned. I just don't think it, that's not a realistic, that's not a realistic world here on earth. And it's um, almost as if God set it up that way. It's weird, huh? <laughs> um, but but I, I don't know. Like, how how cool is it for you in your life that, like, wait, and, and I can speak for me personally. Like, when I'm going through that stuff, man, God, I'm, I feel the closest to God always. Like, I can feel his presence. And if I didn't need it, and if I didn't have that, I wouldn't feel his presence as much. Like, I feel it, man. When I'm going through something and I know I need him, like, I have to have him to get through this. This is hard. This hurts. Like, this stings. I need you, Lord, to intervene. I need your guidance. Like, how awesome is that? That when you're in your lowest point, when you have those moments where you you have doubt and you have hurt and you have pain, that he comes in and he fills you back up. And he fills you back up with hope. And he fills you back up with love. And he fills you back up with you're enough. Like you're good enough. You don't need you don't need anything else. You don't need anything more. Like I, I just don't know that 
I don't know. I, I just don't know that there is a faith without that. Like there, I, that that is the most that is the most crucial part of my faith. That's the that's where I've learned the most in my faith and in my journey is when I get stung and when things hurt. It's when it's when you pray the most. Yeah, because because whenever and and you've mentioned this before, but when everything's just rolling and you're you're uh, in cruise control and you don't think about as much, you don't see God as much. But I got it. Yeah, it's like I got this. Yeah, I'm good. Just normal day. I, I can do it. No, no big deal. I, I've done this job. I've done this. I've done that. I, I've got it. That's that's literally how you go through the day. Is like everything's easy. Everything. I, I, I'm, I, I have this under control. So, I, I would definitely characterize this season of your life as a trial. Like, oh, yeah. you're going through a difficult time, a trial, a season of life. And, and what what are some things you are doing to persevere, to to make it through this, you know? And, and you've often heard people say you're either, you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm. And so I, I would say you're in a storm. Like, you're yeah. in a... You're you're in a challenging season of life, and you're really seeking God and evaluating. Hey, where where do we go from here? I would challenge you on the verbiage of that because I don't think I'm in a challenging position, like a state. Like I, I don't think because of what we just talked about, I'm not worried about it at all. I'm not challenged at all because I'm re- I'm more reliant. Like I, I'm more reliant on God for my next steps than I ever have been because. I rode the bicycle and I thought I was doing what I was going to do for the next whatever amount of years, but that's been removed. And so I'm more reliant, but I, I don't, again, people ask all the time, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, I don't, I don't know that there are good people. There are right. that good of people out there, but I just, I haven't experienced a lot of, I haven't experienced a lot of bad that wasn't good. Ninety-nine percent of the time of anything that's happened in my life, the bad that comes in, it's it leads to ultimate good. So, what, just like when we were talking weeks and weeks ago, and I said, "What if we? It, what would marriages look like if we took divorce off the table? More would be successful. What would walks with God look like if you took bad off the table? If you took negative off the table? If you took anxiety, fear, worry off the table? Because you know that it is for my good. It is. It it does." This is just a season. This is something that I need to experience to get to where he got where he's got me next. And I'm not saying it doesn't require faith, guys. Like I'm not saying it's and I'm not saying it's always going to be easy because there's some bad things that happen. Like there's some really bad things that happen. And talking to a small group, like you could come you could come in our small group and there's there's a couple that's lost a baby. I like I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But you but you know what I do know? That couple has ministered to more people that have lost babies and made them and, and helped them experience what God has in their life and experience joy and experience hard things in that time. That those parents walk is a lot stronger with God than it was. Like so if we if we took every situation and and the bad things that happen and we take that off the table, it's not bad, it's necessary. It's needed. Like to for me to rely on God, for me to take it to to my, take my faith to an, another level, to do more good in this world. Like this is a step in that direction. So you're not necessarily viewing this as a bad thing that's happened to you. It's really more of a God's rerouting, God's God's redirecting, and you're trying to figure out, okay, where, why, why is He allowing this to happen? What's the purpose of it? And then where where is He? 
like a GPS recalculating, right? Recalculating. <laughs> you missed you, you missed the, miss the turn. You missed the turn, bro. Like what's what's next? A hundred percent. I mean, that's a hundred percent how I look at it. It's it's a it's an awesome thing. Like what's next? I, I don't know. Um, just like a lot of us don't know our next steps a lot of times, but if we know that God is in control, then we know that those steps are directed. Those steps are taken care of. Do you think you're responding to this better now? than you would have if this happened 10 years ago? Oh, 100%. I think, I think I'm responding to it better because I've already been through it too. And I've already understood what, what it takes and what it means and what God means for it in my life. Like I've seen it walk through. I've, I've seen it carried out in my life. And so I think it's just like we've talked about in, in developing and growing and getting older as a Christian and, and having faith. Like I think your faith continues to grow. Your confidence continues to grow. Um, you know, you're, you continue to develop those fruits of your spirit in your life that, you know, like beyond, I, I mean, I, I know things in my life that I'm like, I used to be, I used to look at people and immediately take a snapshot and judge them and think I know X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, one, I had, I had to, I had to pray for it. I had to pray to change it. I had to pray to make a change and be very cognizant of what I thought, what I said, and God takes it and he, and he changes it. And it's the same thing with, with this situation. I, I don't, I was never a worrier. I was never a big anxiety guy. Um, but I do think that when here's something to that effect, because we did a small group on it and, I, and I'll hit it real quick. Like think about those moments in your life that you've had that were really, really bad. Like that were awful. The worst moments you've had. I, I can think your daughter being in a car wreck. Like that's probably one of the scariest moments you've ever had. Okay. So you're telling me you're a person that's filled with worry and fear and anxiety about your day to day stuff. That's worry. That's fear. When you drive up beside your daughter and you don't know if she's alive. Like that, that's a reason to be fear. That's a reason to have fear. That's a reason to be like shook a little bit. But day to day, like the things that we choose to empower, give, give power over us and stuff and worry about, that's not fear. Like we, we, we have to do a better job of controlling those emotions like you can you can take us back the 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 small group people losing a child like that's that's a real deal like that's the real deal that's the that's the hard thing that's there's a reason to have probably some anxiety some some fear but are we really are, are these little things that come up that we choose to give fear to and give into and anxiety and stuff like that those aren't those aren't situations to me yeah i think what's what's interesting is to your point, you've been through this before. You're going through it again. So, so Jennifer and I were meeting with a young couple the other night that have been been through some difficult times, and and it, it calls them to lose their confidence. It calls them to to not to want to jump back into serving God in ministry. Kind of kind of like, hey, we're we're just going to take a break right now and kind of kind of see what happens, and, and then eventually, and then I think there there's some some uh, you know. I'm gonna say brilliance or whatever to that. Uh, it's just wise to kind of kind of take a break and recalibrate, not not dive right back in. And they were asking us because we we've been through some difficult times in, in ministry as well. Um, but I'm better because of it. Like I'm a better pastor. I'm a better leader. I'm a better person because of the difficult times we go through. And the thing that I that I share with the the husband is, I know this really is feels hard right now but you're going to go through this again <laughs> this is 
like this is just the beginning. Like this may be the first difficult thing you've been through. And I let, you know, Jennifer and I've been through four or five different challenging situations. Um, but I do think with experience and with wisdom, you're, you're able to respond better to the situation as you get older, as you get more mature. And then you realize that some things aren't as a big, big a deal as you think they are, mm-hmm. you know, as you, as you get older, because you would, you know, something we thought was a big deal 20 years ago. Well, if we, we couldn't, it's almost like we couldn't handle what happened say five years ago, 20 years ago, but because we, you know, we had the faith and. But you I, see that with your marriage too, though, like things you let go that you couldn't have let go back in the day that you would have turned into a huge argument or a huge deal. And now you're like, <laughs> not important. Yeah. Right. But, but I think worry, fear, hurt, anxiety, um, struggle, that that's a town, that's a small town that you visit, but you don't stay long. Like that's not, that's not a place that you stay for a long period of time. You visit and then you get through it. You don't make it, ha- you don't make it a habit of hanging around and staying in that town. Now, now we go and we start to build and how do we climb a mountain one step at a time, right? Like you got to start going and moving and getting out of that town as opposed to sometimes I think we, we choose to dwell in it. We choose to feel it and when we want to feel it more and more instead of doing the next thing, right? Like, what's the, what's the next thing I can do to get back on track, right? I've had some guys in my discipleship group go through these, I guess, battles with depression yeah. and, and, and finding themselves in a really dark place. And the positive is both of them have reached out to our small group to, to help them. Hey, we're here for you. We're praying for you. And it's interesting because, like, one, one of the guys, he didn't want to come to the discipleship group the other night. He just wanted to s- stay in his bedroom and be by himself. And one of the other guys in our group spoke into him, spoke some truth in him, said, well, that's what the enemy wants. Yep. The enemy wants you to be isolated. And I think if anyone's listening out there who you're going through depression, you're having some mental, mental health challenges, you're, you're kind of not yourself you do not need to isolate yourself. You need to get around the right kinds of people who can encourage you and speak life into you. Yeah, right. And um, it's interesting that this this guy he's like he's like he can't really describe what he's going through, but he's like not himself. And this is real. Like this is this is real stuff. Like I think that um, you know I think there's a there's a difference between being anxious and worrying. Like and full blown like panic attacks and anxiety and depression like people have this stuff that they a hundred percent deal with but you know it's it it the Bible in the Bible it's mentioned more than three hundred sixty five verses by the way which I don't think it's a secret is fear not like fear like it, it's it's gonna be a big part of our life like fear is gonna be a big part um and you're gonna experience it in all kinds and when you have children you'll experience it at a new level and a different level and it's always going to be there but I I love what you said. Um, that's a, that's a great example is I think that the, the, the first thing you think of is when you have those bad moments is, is to nobody will get this. Nobody will understand. I'm different. I'm weird. Like this is, this is, this is horrifying to tell people. But when you take the, all, a, any situation, when we take it and we start to bring in the light though, what happens, man, it starts to disappear. Mm-hmm. Like when we bring it to the light, like, and I, and I think there's a couple ways when you do have those feelings, like, are, are, do you pray? You know, is praying something that you can consistently do, you know, that you can consistently remind yourself, like, that's the, 
that's the first step, man. Like, can I pray? Can I bring it? Can I bring it to God so I can kind of calm my mind? I can calm down. I can, uh, I can pray. I can bring it to other people who are good, godly people because there's just something about saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when you say something out loud, it's just it's like, oh yeah, that that, that hit a little bit different when I audibly hear it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just something about sharing it and then with the right people that will not pour gas on it, but again, now direct me in scripture, start to direct me in that direction. Man, that this is that's how you start the process, I think, of dealing with it. Well, if you never share it with anyone, you're not you're not admitting it. And so this this the brutal honesty, but because when you share it with someone, then you're admitting, okay, there there's a problem here. And if you never if you never share it with anyone, you, you can't take those steps towards healing, those steps towards um recovery one of the one of the misconceptions that people have in the christian life is that following jesus we're never going to have any pain or suffering like but i think that's what and maybe the enemy would want us to believe that because hey all i've got to do is put my faith in jesus and then my life's going to be roses it's going to be peaches and cream and everything's going to be be perfect for me but that's not what the Bible says. Like, if you look at the story of the Bible, we go all the way back to Cain and Abel. I mean, Abel didn't do anything wrong. He gets this sacrifice acceptable to God, and what's he get him? He gets killed, like his brother Abel. I mean, Cain takes his life, and uh, that is life. Like, like we, life is full of hard knocks. Life is full of, you know, peaks and valleys and ups and downs, and and if you look at uh, just different story after story after story in the Bible, just because they were following Jesus didn't mean their life was easy. It was even, I would argue it's hard. It was harder it was a lot hard. of times, yeah, and more dangerous. I mean, John John the Baptist. I mean, he was beheaded. Oof. Uh, the all the disciples died a martyr's death, except for John, who was exiled to the. He probably died a worse death. Island. Of, yeah, his was long suffering. Mr. Wilson. So uh, he's true. So you're a movie De- guy. You're Delirious on an island. Yeah, I know, I know that one. Wedding movies. I know that one. So, I don't know, going, going through uh, difficult times. And in the passage, he talks about a farmer, a soldier, an athlete. So there, there is this enduring, there's this persevering, there's this the, the developing character. I know, I know you're big on that with your kids and with your players, that hard work, discipline, you reap what you sow persevering to the end yeah i mean that those are those are characteristics that if you think about it like there, there's it's a hard thing to learn except through sport it's a hard thing to learn except through hard work with farming like that's something that you had to do that was hard it was difficult like it required a lot of manual labor it required a lot of energy and um i think it's a, it's it's the it's a great way for them to learn those lessons that otherwise you don't really learn i mean i just think if you don't ever do anything that's hard you don't learn how to fail Right, like if you don't ever do anything as a team, you don't learn how to fail and handle adversity because of somebody else. I mean, I, I didn't do that; they did that. Well, yeah, it's it's great. I'm running because of they did it. You know, I mean, there's got to be, um, there's got to be accountability, and 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 we've talked about that before in the past too. But it's 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 no different with your walk and with your life. You want people around you that will hold you accountable. I mean, if you want people around you that tell you you do great all the time and you're the best thing ever, like you'll. Have at it, but that's not a life that's going to be a life that's going to challenge you. That's not a life that's going to help you refine and get better and keep pushing on to the next level and being the best version of you. That's a that's a content, complacent version of you. That sure you're, you're I'm good, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm I'm fine. I'm doing good right here where I'm at. Well, 
I mean, I think God wants us to continue to grow. God wants us to have those disciplines. And and by the way, they, it doesn't look the same as an athlete and as a farmer, but there's the spiritual disciplines that come with learning and growing. And you want to grow, you want to become more patient? Pray for more patience. Be still more often. Like, I think he'll give you those answers, but we, we got to know the, we got to know the playbook, right? Like we got to know the Bible first. And that's what I talk about small group all the time. I'm like, you know, we want our kids to become X, Y, and Z. We want them to be successful. We want them to be Christians. Well, do they know the word of God? That's a great starting place. If they know the word of God and they know what the, what the Bible says about these situations that happen, then, then the, now they're starting to have a chance for success. What do they say about the next situation? What do they say about the next situation? They can arm themselves with that. And then when bad things happen, they're, they're going to be a lot further down the road. They're going to be ready for those things. If they know that the storms are if or when, not if. If they know to build their house on the right foundation, when those storms come, I, I'm going to be okay. Like we've talked about it with Nicholas. Like he, that's what he says now all the time with everybody's good. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. Like, because that's right. It is. There's something good in this. Like, well, let's take let's take the, take what we can out of this, but stay positive and know that he's in control and things again things that we can we can control yeah the storm the storms of life are going to come the the wind's going to blow the the water's going to rise there's going to be difficulty you you mentioned build, building your rock on the building your house on the rock you know the foundation of Jesus Christ and his word one one of the things that i think is challenging for us as we see over and over again in the scriptures is as you mentioned patience uh waiting on the lord we want we want things to happen so quickly, and it's like we we claim these. We, I see these promises in Scripture. I'm claiming these promises, and it's like I want them to happen today. And I, I think about the farmer. You know, he's planting that crop, and he's he's till he tills the soil, and he works the soil, and he plants the seeds, and he waters the seeds. He's praying for rain. He's praying for sunlight, but there is this waiting period for the harvest. And uh, I think it's so easy to want to rush God or want to see results quicker, but some, some things in life, it's just going to take some time until we, until we see, and the character development takes a lot of time. Well, and I, and I think that what you just said, I'll change the analogy a little bit, but you, you said the farmer is going to plant the soil or, you know, fix the soil, pick the weeds, lay the seed, bring the water, but they can't bring the sunshine. Only God can bring the sunshine, but you can do, you can do all your part, right? Like you can, you can do all the other stuff to, to make sure that you're in the best position to succeed. But in the end, God's going to bring the sunshine. He's going to make the things happen or make the things don't not happen that aren't supposed to happen. And, um, listen, our, our society is, we get everything so fast now, now that we have iPhones and everything is instant gratification. It's hard for us nowadays to uh, to accept that, to accept that things take time because we can send an email like that. We can send a text like that. We didn't live in those times, man. And in and, and that book, man, life was a slow, slow pace. You talked about it weeks ago. You could get to anywhere fast that you could just walk to. Like there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of hustle and bustle. There is a lot of hustle and bustle now. And busyness is, is abs- it's funny. People wear busyness sometimes as a, like a badge of honor when I think it's horrible. Like, I think busyness is the opposite of a badge of honor. I think it's actually one of the worst things we can do is we're always running from this thing to the next thing to the next thing. Like, do you ever think about it when you say, how are you? Man, I'm busy. When people say, how are you? I was just so busy. Is that good? I don't think that's good. 
Like, I think we have to purposely make sure that we slow things down and we have time for our, we have time for things in our lives that are important. We make times for things that are important and, and we make sure those things are a priority. And then we kind of have to do a, a good job of eliminating the things that aren't, which is, which is difficult, but, um, the society is, it's noise, noise, noise. It's busy, busy, busy. It's do, do, do. And I think the best thing for us a lot of times is being able to sit back and say, I got to wait. Like, I got to be still. And in those moments where we get knocked back and we have to do that, those are a huge blessing. Those are awesome. Those are great moments that, like, to me, that like in this moment for me, I want to stay in it until I'm, until I'm not, until I'm ready to move on. Like, I want to be in it. Like, that's a great place to be that I don't know what's next, but you do. And it's all good. Yeah, when, when you're in the refiner's fire, God is, he's molding you, he's shaping you. It's, it's kind of, he's the potter, we're the clay. And he, he has a purpose and a point. There's a purpose in the pain, and we don't know, we don't know what it is, but we have to trust and keep, keep our faith. Keep our, you know, the verse says that, that, that trials test our faith and develop our perseverance and a character, which leads to hope. And so, so we're hoping and trusting that, that he, he has a purpose in this. He has, he has a plan in, in what we're going through. Thank you for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. It really hit me when David said, there would be no need for God if there were no trials or hard times. We wouldn't be desperate for a savior or for strength or for refuge. There would be no need for a hiding place or comfort. We go through trials and tribulations because God wants us to seek him as our rock and our safe place. He wants us to rely on his strength and not our own. He wants us to cry out to him when we cannot do it on our own. This is the relationship that God wants with us. And all the hard times are to refine us and to grow us and mold us into the man or woman of God that he created us to be. Seek God in the valley so he can carry your burdens for you. His grace is sufficient for us all. If you found this episode helpful, encouraging, or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. You can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Family Goals Pod. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.